How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter, score! some swagger. Push come to shove, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. I feel like the problem with afternoon games is, of course, now I'm tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> Drinking beer in the middle of the day. Oh, I'm not tired at all. I was <laughs> totally fine with things because I just fell asleep on your floor for like how long? Like two hours? Something like that. It was like a good hour and a I half. Was, I was like, I'm going to take a 20 minute nap. Then we'll record this podcast. Me dead on the floor. But we have made it. And actually, it's a happy time to record our podcast because the Kings have finally won a game again. Hooray! It's been so long. <laughs> it feels like it feels it like has. it's been forever. I know that they won against the Blackhawks, yeah. like, you know, last week, but. Right. Uh, so it's it only been like a week forever. and a half, but it feels like it's been a long time. And I think it's because. Before they won that game, there were several other games where they had lost. So it's the wins few and far between with the Kings these days. And people are talking about it a lot. Dave Lozo had the best tweet today during the game, which really just encompassed the feelings of being someone who watches the Kings a lot right now, which was, the Kings are either worse than the Flames or Stanley Cup favorites. This change is hourly. Stay tuned for further updates. Because even though they won today... I think a lot of us felt like they played really well against the Panthers the game before, Mm -hmm. and they should have won that game, and they did not. It does feel like that. It's like, are you great or are you terrible? Can you please make up your mind? But the thing is, like, they have these great games, but then it doesn't erase the just, like, garbage that has been happening Mm -hmm. for the past few weeks. Yeah, that's the problem, because even though they won... Today, for example, they still have to win several more games or actually get back into the playoffs. (laughs) Never forget that they're not in the playoff picture right now. Yeah, not that long ago, the Kings were at least a wild card. Not that long before that, they were actually somehow second Second in the the division. But now they are 12th in the Western Conference. Only the Arizona Coyotes and the Edmonton Oilers had fewer wins. Uh, I think the 22 bumps them up to maybe tied with Dallas or someone else like that. Someone else had 20, some other team had 22 wins. They have at least for today jumped over the Stars in points because the Stars then lost to the Buffalo Sabres, but still a lot of work to do for the Kings. They have to put together a win streak, actually, if they hope to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, as much as we can say, like, oh, they won a game, like, they immediately lose the following game. Yeah. There's no momentum gained, like, from winning and, like, continuing being good. So yeah, they just need to like take this win, do something with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, onwards to Columbus. Hopefully they won't get scared by the cannon. Yeah. Um, and and then our good old friends, the Calgary Flames. Mm, so exciting. I know. <laughs> um, I'm like sitting here thinking of how they're going to lose. And I hated that moment during the uh, game today where, I guess Bob, yeah, it must have been Bob Miller, mentioned that the last time the Kings had scored three goals in the first period, it was against the Calgary Flames in December. And we all know how that game ended. That did not end well. Uh, my mom also said the same thing. She When I texted her about us watching the game, she's like, oh, it's 3-1. Hope it ends well. <laughs> yeah. How dare you know? Already, you're oh, gonna watch that with the games. 
I feel, I guess, well, so quickly, their records, just so we know, is 22, 18, and 12. The points leader, Andre Kopitar, with an assist today, hit 40 points. And he is actually, even though he is the first Kings player to reach 40 points this season, has um, is on pace for 64, which would be the lowest amount of points he has accumulated since his rookie season, in which he had 61 points in 72 games. I mean, that may change <laughs> a few more points, and he hits 70 again, but um, everybody's talked about recently how Kopitar is not shooting as much, and of course we all know that he struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season to really get on his game and put up points. I would like to see him continue to rack them up and get to where we expect him to be, but right now, even Andre Kopitar is someone who is not quite what you hope for to see from him, I guess, and I feel like that's been the case for a lot of Kings this uh, season. Yeah, it's been the case for the entirety of the, the team, uh, player and team play yeah. alike. Uh, you know that they have talent there. You know what they can do, obviously. The mm-hmm. Kings just won the Stanley Cup. But something is just not right, or something is just not all there, and you can't really put your finger on it. I guess for the Kings right now, it's kind of defense, but it's not like any of like the bottom six are really mm-hmm. um, scoring any goals or anything like that. So I don't know. Right, and that's sort of the issue in itself is like, if you want to try to point out the problem, it's like, all right, but we know this individual is actually pretty talented, so this mistake that they made today is not going to happen constantly, but it's happening right now at a moment that turned out to be pretty crucial. Yeah. And it's happening a little bit more frequently, Yeah, is the thing. Like, oh, uh, you know, people are always going to mistake, make mistakes, people are always going to have slumps. And that's fine, but it just seems to be happening more and more frequently. Mm-hmm. Each player and their, like, particular, you know, mistakes or weird things that they do wrong... Uh, like Jake Muzzin, yeah, not having a great set of set of games this week, and like almost we're gonna bring out, damn it, Muzzin, again. <laughs> yeah. just like almost, yeah, just get a little slightly nostalgic, yeah, damn it, Muzzin for a while, yeah, he's been rough the past few games, but even then, like during the Lightning game, I tweeted at Andrew Lifflin from Jules from the Crown, and I was like, help me feel good about Jake Muzzin, I've been feeling pretty sad about him lately, <laughs> and I know it's not overall, so that's yeah. why I was like, give me a pick me up, remind yeah. me that he's freaking awesome. He pointed out that in um, score-adjusted Corsi, he's, again, the best defenseman in the league that way. So, Jake Muzz is still overall a really great player, but it has been rough to watch him. Another player who has struggled um, in some recent games in very noticeable ways was Alec Martinez, who now might have is a... destroyed? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> who, who is down and out, even though there was like a quick shot of him after the game in his suit looking still very handsome. Very handsome. So he's fine where it counts, <laughs> but he might not be on the ice for a while. That hit was brutal. That was, yeah. He hit his head on like multiple points mm. uh, and then just got like crushed to the ice. Poor guy. I know. Um, and Which makes me feel bad about them being like, but anyway, before that, he was not very good. Yeah. But there were like some moments where it was like oh you're just gonna let someone like Johnny Gaudreau like blow past you cool I see what's up right now yeah <laughs> could you not let that happen Alec Martinez do you know who's been doing alright uh, do you know who I assist today plus two no big deal playing dowdy ice time <laughs> although it was funny because we watched the game and watching Regeer just like sprint towards the puck yeah but then you, he's like trying and <laughs> someone like very easily like almost catches up to him but he had like a good like right. half 
nice half of the ice head start. So, <laughs> yeah, he has been probably the king's second best defenseman, I guess, with Muzzin struggling. Like that's the caveat is that Jake Muzzin yes, is struggling. Exactly. Um, with that in mind, he has probably been the next best defenseman after Drew Downey for the Kings. In this moment in time, <laughs> yeah. with the way things are right now, and he is I'll, the second best. I'm freaking thankful for him. He's been actually doing pretty well. <laughs> you know, help help them out where you can. It's rough for the Kings right now. And, and like, it's weird, too, because I think especially on terms of defense, people have pointed out that, oh, they're struggling. But it's like when you think about it, Jamie McBain is someone they probably would not have signed if they had their ideal circumstances, um, which is that one of their players did not do something that was criminal. Yes. Allegedly. He hasn't had a trial yet. But also, the other thing is that McNabb still pretty new to the NHL and still fairly new to the Kings. So some of it is a like combination of guys who have been really solid struggling and then also other guys who A, either may not have been there or are still really young. So it's like, I want to get upset, but I can't. So mostly I just feel frustrated. Yes, it's, it's mostly frustration because you can't... Of course, I mean, of course you can blame the Kings, but I can see why yeah. they're struggling and it's not always the most fixable thing, I suppose. So uh, I just, you know, I mean, in the past, these things have always just worked. Mm-hmm. You know, they the team has brought someone in and yeah, it takes a little bit of time to like get your legs, but it's it's worked. Like whether it be trades that come in or just like new people being called up. And so to see, you know, and, and it, we were kind of scared at the beginning to be like, okay, well, how are they going to deal with like the lack um, of defensemen and things like that? But, you know, we kind of always figured... I mean, there's some solid guys, and the Kings will figure it out. They've, they've, yeah. they've figured it out before, um, and it's a great success. And so the fact that it's not happening now is is vaguely frustrating. For sure. It's funny, too, because I feel like in the last couple of days, Dean Lombardi has also started to try to brace people for that with his quote, with the, like, the flick switch is the kiss of death, which is what he said the other day. It was sort of like, you know, you've built up this reputation of being able to turn it on. Yeah. And also with the things that have happened, I don't have the quote in front of me, so I can't just read it to you. But, you know, basically I'm sort of setting people up for now. People expect you to pull out this miracle, even though whatever has been happening has been happening all year, which is kind of funny in that it sort of feels like, everybody, please don't expect too much. And then watch him maybe figure out something that works anyway. Yeah. But it is sort of funny that the, I feel like even the King's organization is trying to, like... Manage expectations. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you could definitely go to Twitter and collect all of the things like, uh, Kings, it's time to turn on your, like, <laughs> right. it's, you need to get into the playoff mode right now, or, you know, some variation thereof. And, yeah, it seems like the King's organization knows their rep. Like They're we, trying to, like, We don't not. have a lot of flexibility right now, yeah. guys. Can't Hold really on. do much. So I'm very interested to see if they do manage to make any moves to the deadline, because that is of course, the thing that, you know, people don't want to talk about that much or can't talk about is the fact that they can't make a whole lot of movements if they don't know what is going to happen with Slava Voinov. Right now, they have that cap space, but they can't make any long-term decisions because they don't know. Like, is he going to be around? If he is around, they're going to have to figure out what to do with him. And then you might be over roster, you know, in terms of roster spots and then also cap space so a lot of factors and it's also just the fact that like the market right now everybody wants a top four defenseman there's just not a lot of them out there it'll be rough and of course the last time the kings felt that they needed help on defense they traded for robert regeer (laughs) which we mentioned last time (laughs) Um, don't get another robert regeer right i mean last year they traded for Braden mcnab which everybody was like what i mean it was just kind of a 
unexpected, under-the-radar sort of trade. So maybe they'll go for that route again, but that is not necessarily the kind of trade you make for them right now, the way, like, trading for Jeff Carter or Mary Gabrick was. But I I do think it was funny that Dean Lombardi was basically, like, had to come out and be like, well, hold on, everybody. We really don't have a magical switch that (laughs) we can turn on. It may seem like it, but we don't. We'll see what they do. I'll believe it when you mess it up. My my expectations are normal, but also I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens. So there is that. But this week, despite mostly losing, they was not all bad. Um, the game against the Capitals was really bad. Ugh, that was they horrible. just played badly. The score was bad. It was just not a fun time. But I feel like overall this week had some generally positive moments for the Kings, like the fact that they got to go to the White House. It's one thing, like, you know they're going to the White House, and they had to share it with the Galaxy again and stuff, but still, like, seeing the pictures and everything, I was like, yeah, that's rad. They won the Stanley Cup, and they're the best. (laughs) Yeah, and now they're hanging out at the White House with Barack Obama, who's celebrating them being champions. Yeah. He's, like, taking time out of his day to be like, good job, guys. Yeah, thanks for winning some stuff. Yeah. Cool for you. Take some pictures. Sorry you beat my favorite team. Um, loved the players just openly mocking Gary Bettman. Oh, that was amazing. The fact that he wore those shoes was amazing. That's that's (laughs) such a Gary Bettman. Oh my God. That's That's such a Gary Bettman thing to do. That whole thing though. It's so funny because it's just, I don't know. I just don't expect it necessarily from somebody on his level. Like he's the commissioner. I expect that from like someone you are work in the office with and for lunch they go take a walk you know oh i worked with a guy today and uh or not today the other day and he got up from his desk and he's wearing a full suit and flip-flops <laughs> i guess it's unacceptable <laughs> what is going on yeah that's like i gotta go eat my lunch and then walk it off quick power power walk make sure my legs get moving. and like gary Benton's all about like keeping up appearances whether it be for like himself or like the nhl but yeah what <laughs> what do you do with those shoes, bud? Did you just, did somebody forget to bring them to you and you ran out of time and he was like... Did like some dog puke on them? And so <laughs> now you're like, well, I got these this shoes. This what I got, so... What was going on? I have questions for Gary Bettman on that one. But yeah. it was really funny to see the Kings, who were probably joking about it the entire time they were there, yeah. then take some time on social media to point it out. They could not actually contain it. No. Ever, the world needs to know. <laughs> For a team that, like, you know that they have those inside jokes and things, but they've gotten, especially the guys who've been on the team for the last few years, have gotten to the point where they keep a lot of that stuff to themselves. Yeah. Uh, so that was funny to see it sort of spill out a little bit. Uh, one notable exception, or omission, I guess, from the White House, I think we talked about it before, was Mike Richards, mm. who unfortunately was not there. Um, although... It seems like he cited, you know, not wanting to miss practices with his new age AHL team and travel, which, I mean, it's the East Coast. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jeff (laughs) Jeff Schultz was like, I'm going. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Schultz knows knows what's up. I I took part in the Stanley Cup, like very little. Yeah. Like the Stanley Cup uh, last year. I'm going to, you know, reward myself and go to the, the White House. Right. I had like two simultaneous responses to hearing that and it was Andy Tong who first tweeted it and then they had like actual quotes quotes from him when they talked to him later but my simultaneous reaction to that was I don't know if I believe it and then immediately was like damn like how nice is it that you can be like well I've been to the White House once so I could skip this one I know what the place looks like I've been there I got pictures with uh like underneath the Abraham Lincoln portrait. It's fine. Catch you next time, Barack. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. What? That's amazing. No, wait, that's phenomenal. 
<laughs> what a life. It's fine. I just want Finger to... guns. <laughs> Catch you next time, Barack. <laughs> want to make sure I got my practices in with my team. Uh, that's great. <laughs> so it was like simultaneously like, I don't know if I believe you. And also, that's hilarious. But other guys were there and it was cool. I liked everybody's suits. I also liked watching the differences in approach to visiting the White House, mostly like Jonathan Quick sitting down on everything. And meanwhile, like on the flip side, Matt Green is like straightest posture. Like I got to yeah. match the secret service <laughs> as I stand around in here. Good times. Good times, yeah. everyone. Uh, Jonathan Quick, like lurking in the background of every photo, just sitting on every <laughs> single like presidential stool or chair that it was like around. How many old luxurious things can I sit on? <laughs> like taking naps under paintings. <laughs> I assume that's what happened. But that of course will probably be captured on the next episode of the stadium series, which is premiered. I, I liked it. I thought it was disjointed, but I thought it was pretty good. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. It was very disjointed. It was like strange, just like random segments. Yeah. Uh, back and forth. And I mean, I, I enjoyed like Brent Burns's. I, I really do like Brent Burns as just like a person. Mm-hmm. I find him so charming and hilarious. Van. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like that part was good. Uh, this is going to be a weird criticism. I don't think it was beautifully lit enough. Oh, You know, yeah. like people didn't have, you know, boyfriend filter right. or whatever it was. Yeah. They uh, didn't quite go full Hype Williams 90s music video with it. Yeah. They could have. They should have. <laughs> My, like the weirdest thing for me I, I noticed that too. Like I liked the lighting, but I was like, you could hype it up just a little more. Yeah. Um, but also the opening where it was like California is all, and I don't remember what the words were. It was, oh it yeah. Was basically, like it's sunny and beautiful and whatever. And then hockey came. <laughs> what was that choice? I like appreciated the the five minute like intro of like California is awesome and beautiful. <laughs> like it, it just kept being like these gorgeous like ocean landscapes and like beautiful people walk. I'm like, yeah, California. <laughs> and then we like finally got to the meeting. It's a strange turn of events there. And then ice hockey. But it turned out they liked it. Yeah. (laughs) That's basically what the opening was. Which I thought was a very strange way to handle that when you could have, like, emphasized pitting Northern California and Southern California together because they're very different places. But no, they were just like, California, it's all beaches and beautiful. When I'm like, most of the shots are of Southern California because that's what people think of when they think of California. Let's be real. But um, yeah, no that was very like strange. Rolling fog and things like that. <laughs> right. If there's an earthquake, San Francisco's <laughs> going first. So there wasn't really any of that. And I felt like they could have hyped up the differences a little more. But overall, I think I liked what little bits we did get to see. And I hope that in the next episode, because there isn't the All Star Game, that they have a little bit more behind the scenes with. The players themselves. Like, we saw a couple of Sharks players at home or whatever. But the Kings, especially because they're on the road, we didn't get a whole lot of behind the scenes with them off of the ice, necessarily. I want to see behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So, um, but I liked, for the most part, what was there. Chris Sutter was awesome. Yes. I appreciated him just, like, straight up to Patrick Kane, like... I want to win the third cup against your team <laughs> with like the elbow. What do you think of that, Patrick? <laughs> that was pretty darn adorable. That was so nice. Um, I really also appreciated shallowly seeing Matt Price, their new strength and conditioning coach, <laughs> working with Tanner Pearson. In our post, we wrote about it because it was like, oh yeah, it seems lonely, but also it was just nice. It's very handsome. <laughs> yeah. He's handsome. His work seems cool, you know, as you massage Tanner Pearson back to health. <laughs> that is one of like my favorite things is watching uh I guess strength coaches or yeah. like the team like the team that works with the the players to like make sure that they're 
you know, spry, feeling good. When it gets filmed, like, I remember watching one where, like, Tyler Sagan is, like, getting his, like, legs massaged or whatever. I'm like, yeah. am I allowed to watch this? Like, NSFW tag, please. (laughs) Like, I don't know if this is okay. Well, even I think back to the first 24-7 with the Penguins and the Capitals, and there's definitely, like, a couple of scenes where it's just in that the training room or whatever where they go to get the massages and stuff in the arena. Ovechkin's talking to somebody and he just fully like opens his towel. Like he's not facing the camera obviously but he just fully opens his towel or whatever. (laughs) Then gets like situated again and like lays down and it's like whatever. This is just, it's great in the sense that you know this is what happens. Like everybody's so focused on just like this is something we need to do, this is our jobs or whatever, but it's also like, this is strangely intimate. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <Wow>. exactly. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of funny to see on camera like that, especially, I can't remember because I haven't watched the other series, like, created generally by the same team that produces the stadium series. Um, I-, I think especially because, like, it's all in, like, slow-mo. <laughs> yeah, no, it's in slow-mo, and it's, and it's like, artsy shots, too, so it's, like, <laughs> yeah. from the ground, like, up someone's thigh, this is... <laughs> Yeah. Interesting choice, fellas. Right. I appreciate it. <laughs> Emmy winning. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is something that I always notice and kind of find amusing at the same time that I also appreciate it as a person with eyeballs. Yes. So yeah, I really like that. I, I do hope that they find... I thought it was also weird that they didn't mention Mike Richards at all in that episode. Like, I, It was like a game of Where's Waldo <laughs> trying to find him. There were a few shots like he's skating and he looks really happy. Then he's sort of in the background and then he's just gone. My creature's just gone. Nary a mention. <laughs> so it is strange. Like, I know that flights got canceled and they couldn't actually go, or they didn't catch the start of the Mike Richards on waivers story, but it was still strange that they didn't even, not even a passing mention. No. <laughs> they just, like, cut all of the, like, B-roll footage. Yeah. Just, like, out, like, forget it. No, like, weirdly, I, I don't remember if it was in the episode or in one of the promos, but they, there was, like, a shot of Barube, who was only up there briefly because Jones was out. Also not a mention of that, but it is just, like, strange to see, oh, here's a person who's there and gone. Oh, here's this person who's not actually really with the team yet. But let's focus on him for a second. <laughs> yeah. But he's around, so cool. Oh, TV editing. Let's just take a chance to actually talk about Daryl Sutter's whiteboard. What is what? that? <laughs> I'm so curious about whether it was just the way that that section was put together that made it seem confusing or if it was just like none of this makes sense i mean like i understand like oh you know as he's doing it he's like illustrating like oh go here go here and he's just done it so many times Mm -hmm. that it's like this crazy messy blob but like the quote that goes with it and uh we wrote about it in the post just being like it's clear what you have to do and we're like no no that is (laughs) a whiteboard covered in scribbles Pretty much. But none of none of that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, all of those purple squiggles. I know exactly where I need to be. Yes. Also, the way that he just dropped F-bombs left and right <laughs> constantly was awesome. Loved that. <laughs> I like that aspect of Daryl Sutter, which I didn't think was... I feel like overall, it was sort of that bridge that I feel like you miss, you know, because you know everybody says that he's a very sort of intense coach who can play mind games and whatnot and really get under your skin. But then we see like the media stuff where he doesn't say very much and is generally pretty cool, sometimes sarcastic if he's feeling a little moody. So I feel it was like that bridge between those two people that you Mm -hmm. hear about was like, oh, now I see how this guy could probably fuck with your mind a little bit. Yeah. Like, very easily. Yeah. Yeah, seeing, like, the the more emotional, like, emphatic side of Jail Center was very cool to hear him just, like, hollering on the bench. Yeah. Like, fucking do something, or, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> that was awesome. Loved that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for more of the series. I thought there were, you know, great starting points. There was a lot of the sharks. 
True. Those look very sharks heavy. Yeah. But again, I think it's because they followed. Because I noticed they didn't really pay attention to Couture. He was the sharks player at the All Star game. Oh, yeah. And so they did talk about Kopitar and Dowdy there. So I like I, I um, like I mentioned a little bit ago. Like I just think maybe now that that All Star game component isn't there, they'll focus on some other kings yeah. for the next part of it or whatever. It's always impressive how like quickly they edit these things too it must be such a grind because it's like shoot it send it back start cutting up the episode before you even entirely know what the your like storyline is is. yeah Yeah. that's it's got to be so intense but i think you know watching all of the 24 7 style series that they've done with hbo and now the stuff that they're doing with epics it's always really impressive to me that you can produce anything watchable in that short of a time frame yeah (laughs) that's like essentially reality docuseries style stuff quite ambitious I don't want to focus too much on the nature of the Kings losing, at least no more than we already have, because everybody knows it's happening. It's not a lot that we can do to really explain why it's happening. Um, But I have found some interest looking at the way that the players have responded to it and people have talked about it. And so one of the things that I saw it sort of connected to that I thought was interesting was the subject of three-on-three hockey, which has been tested in the AHL a lot this season, and whether NHL trying to decide... Um, if it's going to happen at the NHL level. And I saw an article about that last week where they were like, oh, three on three hockey. The problem that the NHLPA has with it is that they assume that, you know, pretty much any time you take a man away, you're just going to put your star players out there. So that's more taxing for them and more risky for them. Valid thing. But there were quotes from Dowdy in there where he was like, yeah, because the Kings had been in a three on three situation, I think in a Calgary game. And he was like, yeah, it's taxing because you know it's you're you're hustling and you more minutes but at the same time for a king a team like the kings he was like he wouldn't mind it because they're like one seven in the shootout yeah. and so if they can maybe up their chances of winning by making overtime longer cool am i like i like the, the three on three i, I like seeing all of yeah i like seeing all of the ice that skaters have to work with and mm-hmm. seeing what they can do with that um i mean dowdy we always watch him kind of like scoot around all of those players like making plays from one end of the ice to the other if he doesn't have, if he has less people and more right. space to work with, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Or just seeing, I mean, at this point, it would kind of be like, I mean, the shootout is already like a skills competition, pretty much. Um, so it'd be kind of cool to see OT if stars are out there mm-hmm. to kind of do their thing. It's kind of another form of a skills competition, but one that's like that closely adheres to like how the game is actually played. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be more entertaining, yeah, and fun to watch. Right? Yeah, I think for fans. Like, yeah, it'll be, unfortunately, more taxing on your top players, but for fans, it's like, I totally want to see games where maybe Andre Kopitar and, like, Sidney Crosby or Jonathan Taves go head-to-head. What does that look like? I bet it's rad. I bet it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I would love to watch that. So, I do hope that they, personally, I hope that they bring 3-on-3 to the NHL, but um, I did think it was interesting that the NHLPA were like, hold on a sec. It's a little rough for some of our top guys if we're going to do that. Which, fair point, I hadn't really thought of it. From that perspective. But it's like every once in a while. I mean, unless you're a team that goes to OT all the time, maybe stop doing that. Uh, (laughs) Address some other issues that you have. I mean, it's every (laughs) once in a while. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, true. Um, But then, yeah, like a team like the Kings, they have gone to overtime a fair amount this season. And they've picked up loser points that way. Um, And they've been terrible in the shootout. So maybe if OT is... Like, their OT record isn't great either, but it's, like, the times that they've lost in OT have been pretty... Like, that the game is finished in overtime have been a lot smaller. So if maybe if OT is longer, they have a slightly better chance. Because let's be honest, 
usually they're the better team, at least looking at underlying numbers and shot attempts and stuff like that. I'd like to see it. Mm-hmm. I also love that the AHL is just like a testing ground for whatever <laughs> things that the NHL wants to do. Mike Richards there getting, you know, on the forefront Mike, of Mike innovation. Mike Richards, yeah, just like, you know, <laughs> testing out things like hip, hipster style like I did it first. <laughs> yeah. Skating on pink rinks, doing what he does. Um, who, uh, his... Racking up points, like he had a little bit of a rough first game with the Monarchs, but apparently now is realizing that, oh yeah, I'm Mike Richards, I don't even belong here, let me play like I should. Yes. <laughs> and just rack up points every night. I think it's so funny that like later on you're going to see his uh, point totals, like goal to- totals, and just like jumps from like Los Angeles Kings, Manchester Monarchs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's rough. It'll be funny slash sad if when... His point totals in the AHL surpass his point totals with the Kings this season. I don't know. Are there enough games for that to happen? Maybe. I mean, if he continues to do like well in the AHL, yeah. yeah. Also, so today we watched the Lightning game with a bunch of friends, including Kai, who has been writing with us. You may have seen things she's written for. Thanks, bud. And she reminded us all that Mike Richards' birthday is coming up very soon. <laughs> We should send him a cake. Oh, no. <laughs> With a special message. Sorry that you're in the NHL. Yeah. Or AHL. Sorry you're in, like, the East Coast. Frigid cold. So, I don't think that's where he thought he would be when he turned 30. Oh, that's where buddy. he is. <laughs> oh, he's turning... Th- it's, like a, it's like a big one, too. <laughs> yeah. Man! It's rough out here for my gritches. But, you know, you do what you gotta do, I guess. And he's got Paul Bissonette to keep him company. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just the, the less you want. the less said about that, the better. The good news about that is he's not signed with the Kings. He is just signed with the Monarchs. Right. So I don't have to worry about it too much. Um, but speaking of not, I don't even think Bissonette was really a goon type player. He's just not very good. But I was thinking about a couple of things. Former King Daniel Carcillo, who I was thinking about because of that Panthers game, was one of the few games where he, like, during his time as a king, he scored a goal. Yes. So he was suspended for the Chicago Blackhawks recently and then came back on Friday. Ahead of his return, he was asked about his suspension because he's been suspended and fined a number of times. Oh, yeah. He's a big repeat offender. And um, some reporter tweeted, or well... Some reporter asked him if he had, I guess, learned anything or if it was going to change the way he played. So the tweet comes from Chris Cook from Chicago. Whatever. Maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. Sorry. His tweet was, Daniel Carcillo on if the latest suspension will alter the way he plays. Quote, it hasn't yet. It's not going to. No. Because he's boneheaded. I just don't understand playing like that. Like, I, I fully support people who play on the edge. I'm a huge supporter of Dustin Brown. Yeah. Huge supporter. I mean, obviously, I'm a Kings fan. I love players who play on the edge. But to just deliberately be like, eh, I'm just going to play kind of dirty and it's fine. Why? What are you doing? Why are you playing that way? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's one thing to play on the edge and maybe, like, slip up. You know, yeah. I get it. Like, things like this happen. Heat in the moment. You, like, slew at a guy or, like, whatever. But to, like, openly say, yeah, doesn't really, like, none of this really matters. I'm still going to play the way that I'm going to play, whether it's, like, good sportsmanship or anything. It made me sort of retroactively thankful that he never did anything that crazy while on the Kings. Yeah. He was fairly innocuous as a Kings player and just mostly offered us a couple of funny moments. So thanks, because, you know, you're a rat. Which (laughs) sort of tied in, like, also this week, Brandon Press from Montreal Canadiens wrote this piece for the Players' Tribune on fighting. Not a huge fan of fighting, um, but a couple paragraphs, they go like this, quote, 
I get that there are plenty of people out there who don't like fighting. Trust me when I say that everyone in the league takes head injuries very seriously now. But in a fight, there are no cheap shots. If you take away fighting, there's no real consequence for guys taking runs at each other. If it's a bad enough hit, the league will suspend a guy for a few games, but what does that matter to a fourth liner, especially in the playoffs, if you take out one of the stars? It can turn an entire series. If they take fighting out and guys aren't worried about answering the bell, I guarantee more people will get hurt from an increase in open ice body checks. How do I know for a fact? Because I think about it myself all the time as an enforcer. If I know that there's a guy on the other team who might kick my ass at any second, I'm thinking twice about taking a guy's head off across the middle. Enforcers feel fear too. You're only human if you're scared of getting injured. I think that's why a lot of fights happen early in the game. Both guys want to get it out of the way. I love a good first shift fight. Which I thought was fascinating in a way because I hadn't really thought about that. Like he talks about, you know, you you think about it all day. Like if you have a game coming and you know that another team has a fighter on it, you're sort of thinking about the prospect of like you're going to fight this person at some point. Prepping yourself like mentally and physically to like, okay, if something happens, I'm gonna have to fight this dude. Right. Yeah. Which I hadn't really thought about. And then I I I feel like now in the sort of modern NHL and as fighting becomes less of a thing, people are like, what do you mean you need to sort of keep players in check? Like, fourth liners don't play on the ice at the same time as first liners anyway. But then you have people like Daniel Crisillo who are like, mm, kind of a douchebag and I'm going to keep being a douchebag. So I don't know, like, we've talked a bit about fighting, but does that kind of stuff make you feel any differently about it? It gives me a new perspective on things because, you know, I just generally think it's like vaguely brutish mm-hmm. um and that the excessive fighting i don't really think that there's a place for it but i can see where like you know a well-placed a well-timed fight just like hey we're not gonna let you yeah. get away with what you're doing could be effective and like coming from a player like i really like all of these articles uh with the players tribune just because you kind of get like an inside look as to how it really goes down yeah and you know Braden press by no means is some like you know piddly no-namer in the NHL writing this thing. He's, like, a significant person on a on a big team. And so hearing him say that it's important, that it's needed, that it's, like, a, I think that's a value to the game, right. it kind of makes me give it, like, a second look as to, you know, its inclusion in, in the game, which is fine. Like, the way that he describes it, like, the ideal way of it is fine by me. Yeah. I'm not, like, a huge fan of fighting. I think it's silly, but I can see why it might be needed. And mm-hmm. so at this point, like, the way he describes it, all right, I'll take it. But it's not this way. You know, like, yeah, it, it's time. just nonsensical fights a lot, it seems. Yeah, and I, which I feel is not, probably not super different from, I guess, what people are saying. Like, I don't like a staged fight. <laughs> I don't want to see that. But in the situation that he's talking about, if it's specifically like, I'm going to retaliate for a hit that you maybe did on a star player early in their game, fine. Because then it's like, maybe that does give whoever takes that hit something else to think about. I know now if I make this hard check that may or may not be nasty, I have to also deal with this other guy, maybe a couple of other guys, which, all right, I get that idea. And it's something I hadn't really considered much Right. So, yeah, I I do think it gives me a little more perspective on it. But at the same time, like you said, I don't think that happens all. That's not the reason why every fight happens. Yeah. And so I think overall, like, I don't just want to want two guys who are enforcers to be thinking about fighting each other all day and then do it just because they've been thinking about it all day. Yeah. And it's kind of I mean, I don't really, you know, condone a ton of violence. Yeah. But he's right in saying that. What are you what? is anyone going to do about it? Yeah. There's no penalty for that. Like, for mm-hmm. a big open ice hit, like, because it's technically legal or, you know... Right. There's, there's no other, like, retribution. So I guess punches to the face it is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, especially unless they find a better solution for it. I do think fighting will eventually be gone from the game, but it is interesting, I think, and this is what the Players' Tribune is for, is to give that player perspective. And I've definitely heard media people say at different times, well, the players think it's necessary. Yeah. And so it's cool to have a player explain a little bit more about why. Um, Kevin Westgarth also wrote a piece, who former king, uh, about the role of enforcers and how it's changed. So a couple of guys have talked about it, but I thought this was another really good instance and maybe a more prominent instance of a player talking about it. And it was fascinating, especially in the wake of Dando Carcillo being like, no, I'm going to continue to be an asshole. Yeah. Speaking of which, the Blackhawks have been losing more than usual lately, which I find entertaining. (laughs) Um, Just going to throw that out there. Uh, But that's not really who I'm going to focus on because actually the most epic losing story recently has been the Toronto Maple Leafs who finally snapped a franchise record 11 games losing streak. Did you see the video, video slash um, song that a fan made, a parody of the Say Something song that an Oilers fan had made a video? Okay, I was going to say, I I know the, every every time I hear this song, I think of that sad, (laughs) sad Oilers video. Which is a phenomenal so piece of work. So, but no, I have not seen the parody yet. Um, okay, I will. Should I watch it right now? We should. You should listen to the song because it's pretty funny. Do something. I'm giving up on you. And I cannot recall. The last time you won a game, you've been losing them all. Clarkson will stumble and fall. Gave away to Karask, we made the wrong call. Treat someone, I'm giving up on you Castle alone cannot get us through Optimus Rhyme, what happened to you? really good it's so great that was really good i love it i love it and at the same time it also made me think about the fact that like as frustrating as it is for the kings right now like you could be the toronto maple leafs like at least the kings everybody talks about it like damn maybe the kings will miss the playoffs but everybody is also like they're a good enough team that that doesn't make sense yeah whereas with the team like the maple leafs the word is more they're bad <laughs> gonna be bad we're sad about it uh yeah that was like a beautifully sung (laughs) his plaintive tones of just like do something was so upset were fantastic and the pun at the the The, end is so good that was something else that kai said to us and was just amazing and perfect which she saw puck daddy uh, but it's great and 
I'm also a little jealous that Kings fans don't quite make things like that. But I feel like, yeah. in general, Kings fandom is more inclined to, as we are, make fun of the team. Yes. Rather than wallow in sadness. <laughs> so, I, particularly But if someone's got a good voice, Go ahead do and make it. me a parody song That'd about the That'd be awesome. I would love to see it. It's LA. Someone's got to be an aspiring singer, right? Everybody in Los Angeles is a producer or a filmmaker or a musician or a model. Come yeah. on. You can make a great video. Pool your talent. <laughs> yeah. And make this for us personally. <laughs> overall, I mean, people see how we tweet about it and stuff, but I feel like overall, with the king struggling or whatever, how do you, I don't know, feel about it is sad, but like deal with it. Like, are you more inclined to be sad? Or are you, similar to a lot of kings fandom, more inclined to... Uh, mostly amused, but then we also have the luxury of being a successful team for the past three years. Right, right. And so I think in that case, it's like, well, we've had a lot of good times Mm -hmm. with this team, and I am not going to begrudge them a shitty season. So even if they do miss the playoffs, I will be extremely disappointed. But it's not the end of the world. It's not like heaping pile of trash on top of more trash, like the Maple Leafs who, you know, can't seem to catch a break. Or, like, Maple Leafs fans Uh can't seem to catch a break. So I am frustrated, but mostly amused. Like, I'm not not really going to wallow in sadness or be like, trade everyone or, like, blow the team up or... Which, weirdly, I've seen, like, a few people, not a ton. Most people are level-headed enough to be like, okay, this is, like, an off season. All right, fine. Um, So I'm just kind of like, well, it is what it is, Uh I suppose. Nothing I can do about it. Like that, so I'll just be vaguely amused and brush it off. Not to do the whole like I'll put two Stanley Cup rings in my ears. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, it's fine. I think I have moments where I do catch feelings a little bit because, like yeah, I said, it is disappointing. Yes, but at the same time, because it's nonsensical to a lot of people, like there isn't just one thing that's wrong with the Kings or something like that. And also because they've had so much success in recent years, it is easier to just have fun making fun of how bad it is. And I don't know about anybody who follows us or whatever, but I would hope that it is easily recognizable that a lot of that is facetious. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, it's a bummer, but, like, have fun with it being a bummer kind of thing is sort of how I've approached it. So when they lose a game, they're the worst team that's ever happened. And when they win a game like today, like I tweeted out, the Kings are going to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like, that's just the the way I'm going to handle this situation (laughs) through the end of the season, regardless of what happens. And then if it's an early summer, cool. I can do some other things. They've taken up a lot of my time the last three years. They really have. I can go on vacation. (laughs) Right. I don't have to worry about, like, making sure this place has a TV or that I have to be back at a TV. Exactly. I have things to do. blog about it for a while. So, and that's, like, the other thing is, I don't, you know, if you're a casual watcher, you don't have that. But for anybody who covers the team, you're kind of like, especially if you don't get paid for it. Like, if it's not your livelihood, (laughs) you're like, When we decided to do a podcast after every game, um, (laughs) why? (laughs) Because we thought they were going to get eliminated in three games. That's why. And then it began, like it was like you know the middle of the Blackhawks series, and we're like, all right, I got, I got an hour. Let's, let's do another one. Let's keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, we did like it. I, of course, it. You know, even when they lost, we do enjoy doing this, mm. so it's fine. But it can be taxing for sure. Yeah, you just get tired. I mean, I, your daddy said his heart doesn't get tired, but I'll be real, dog. Sometimes my, my heart gets tired. My I'm heart tired. gets all of me. <laughs> Not joking. Fell asleep. <laughs> I've been asleep for the past hour and a half on Chanel's floor. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff. Um, so in that way, I'll be 
slightly grateful for some some me time but at the same time like I also like watching the Kings play and I like when they do well so I do want them to make the playoffs and I want them to do well I will be fine ultimately if I don't get to sleep again because they decide to play into June but yeah I feel like have fun with it like this is the best this franchise has ever been overall so even if this turns out to be a disappointing season just do the best you can to have a good time Laugh at them, laugh with them, enjoy it when they play well. That's kind of how I've approached it. Because we also, like the Kings, we've seen them have a lot of drama relatively this season, and yet it has not quite blown up in the way it has blown up for the Winnipeg Jets in the last week. Oi. (laughs) What happened there? I don't know what is going on with the Winnipeg Jets. At least with the personnel, like, problems and like how they're dealing with it with the media how management is dealing with it like all of it is just very like sloppily done and like we've heard about minor things well comparatively minor things in the past with evander kane and tension being there because they don't like him you know with his money phone instagram picture they don't like it when he does push-ups with money on his back or whatever (laughs) and there's always rumors of an attitude problem and there are a lot of issues there. Like, some of it is connected to racism. Let's be real. Yes. Um, and some of it is just maybe connected to the idea that possibly the Jets organization doesn't know how to handle young, moody players. Um, which I think a couple of organizations in the NHL are guilty of. Um, what up, Boston? Boston. <laughs> so, a couple of issues. But none of them have quite blown up the way this past week has. Where it was like, Evander Kane is a healthy scratch. Then it turned out, no, he is being punished because he showed up to a team meeting in a tracksuit and then people were like but it was a meeting and that's not part of the cba thing where you have to wear a suit and then it was like well the meeting was ended up being at the arena and i saw um renault lavoie from i think i'm pronouncing that right i could i don't speak any french so maybe it's not but um from tva sports he tweeted out one evander kane was in a tracksuit because he thought the team meeting was at the team hotel not at the arena and then when he realized the meeting was at the arena. He didn't have time to go back to his place in Vancouver and change. Then there was another thing where it was like, because of him wearing the tracksuit, then Dustin Bufflin possibly <laughs> threw his tracksuit in the shower to send a message. Because that's a thing that happens apparently in the Jets locker room. Is the message your suit's dirty? <laughs> and the person who broke this whole thing about the tracksuit was uh, Gary Lawless. First he sent out a tweet mentioning it, and then he was like, I'll have a story later. So... In the story, here's a paragraph from it, some more reading for me, deal with it. Here we go. Quote, how Kane takes this treatment will be the subtext of the next chapter. If he accepts he made a mistake and is willing to move forward, we'll see him back in the lineup as early as Friday night. If he's miffed and he decides he'd like to swap back the organization, he does have a card to play, he can elect to shut it down and have surgery on an undisclosed injury. End quote. And then it turns out that he had, like, he's he was already out for some time early in the season because right. of injury, came back, but apparently there's another injury that turned out to be his shoulder, I think. And people were like, all right, so that's a thing. And, and then actually the stuff about Dustin Bufflin came out after that article, so it was like another layer to this craziness. And then it was like, all right, what is Vander Kane going to do? Because apparently then it was like the reason why he didn't show up to the game was not even just because he was like a healthy scratch or whatever, it was because he called and was like, I'm not playing, because his teammates had thrown his... I'd like bullied him basically. Yeah. And he was like, I'll want to deal with it. Now, the new news Vander Kane getting surgery, surgery out for like four months. What? Watching <laughs> this all unfold has been fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially like hearing everyone's different sides or like what them saying why they're doing what they're mm-hmm. doing. 
Um, and like, of course, the undercurrent of racism and just like, I, I don't know. It's been... It's a mess. Yeah, it's been a mess. It's definitely been a mess. Particularly for a team that has played a lot better this season under Paul Maurice. And people were like, they could make the playoffs and yeah. do a lot. But now this drama, who knows how it will affect them long term, if at all. But it is sort of like, way to stain a season where people were starting to root for your team. Get, like, excited about <laughs> yeah. you and, you know, maybe think you're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, now you are a hot mess. I guess the upside from it is now... Evander Kane is probably not going to play with the Jets anymore, which yeah. is exciting. He deserves a change of scene, I think. Yeah. And also probably that organization needs to just separate themselves from the mess that they have caused. He has always had problems with like the Jets organization from the get-go, so um, maybe we'll see if a different team knows how to handle him, if he needs handling at all. Yeah. Like, maybe the way that they just, like, talk to him or deal with him or whatever it's just like rubs him the wrong mm-hmm. way or what have you and see if a different organization kind of yeah yeah because it's like a allows that to work because i feel like this stuff this week sort of nobody comes out looking good in it so it's like mm. i don't know maybe vander kane does have some kind of attitude problem yeah, maybe but you wouldn't actually know that like even if you're going to go down that right you don't know that maybe he just doesn't like these people yeah so i think that is one area where getting out of that situation would help like does he is he tough to work with or is it just like i don't like you guys anymore yeah or like maybe they (laughs) treat him poorly Mm -hmm. speak to him in a way that he doesn't like and so he kind of like you know yeah uh lashes out where he can right and other people don't like that he doesn't you know toe by the rules or or what have you so. so yeah i just think ultimately Change a scene is good for everybody there. Hopefully yes. they figure out some way to make that happen either this during the season or in the off season at the latest. But it, another thing where I was like, well, at least I don't have to wade through that much as a Kings fan. They yeah. have a, their own horrible crap to deal with. but And there have been some huge missteps along the way this season. But yes. at least it is... It's like kind of contained. Yeah, at least it doesn't seem to be also infighting on top of everything um, to add to it and just make everything even uglier. Uh, But at the same time, as an outsider, as a person who was not invested in the Jets organization, I was entertained as well. Reality series. (laughs) Get on it, Epics. It's just like the whole like Mike Richards thing. You know, like he just like wasn't working out in Philly Mm -hmm. um, and like he didn't like what was going on there and Philly didn't really like him back and then you know they separated and both are happier and better for it so Mike Richards liked it in Los Angeles yeah people liked him a lot when he got sent down a number of beat reporters had very nice things to say about Mike Richards so you just never know maybe you know that I mean technically it's the same job but maybe that office so to speak not the one everyone everyone look at your own workplaces (laughs) there are people that I hate (laughs) Please get out of my I face. am a jerk to them. And it would be even worse if one of my coworkers then decided to throw my clothes in a shower. So. Yes. That'd be especially crazy because my workplace does not have a shower. Yeah. So that is some extreme, Where did you find this extreme dedication on their part. <laughs> I mean, they could throw it in like a toilet, I guess, which would also be terrible. Awful. Um, oh, the other part to this was, and I don't have it here, but there was one... Oh, no, I do have it here. The so, shorts. Uh, right. So Darren Millard from Sportsnet tweeted out, he said he was told that teammates in Atlanta with the Thrashers tried to send a message on the tracksuit um, 
then cutting sweats into short shorts. And I saw another reporter, and that one I don't have here, where somebody said similarly, I think the wording that that person used was like a bikini type of thing, but basically cut it into something humiliating. Anthony Stewart, who played on the Thrashers at the time, just tweeted back, nope. <laughs> and I don't, he didn't explain really, but it seemed like, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. yeah I was there. That's not a thing. Right. Don't make it a thing. Uh, so I thought I was Stop trying to like stir shit up. Right, yeah. I don't know who spread that rumor and tries like is now trying to make it seem like everybody has always had a problem with Evander Kane. That never happened. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. And also adds to the fact that maybe it's just this particular incarnation of the organization that is just not working out anymore. Yeah. Everyone time to cut ties. Yeah, yeah. Cut your losses and get out of there. So there's lots of drama that has happened in the NHL this week. But not with the Kings. Yes. They have just Lost a bunch. <laughs> Except for Saturday afternoon. That was nice. It was nice. It was pretty pleasant. I liked that. Tyler Toffoli scored a goal, um, making good. up for his huge mistake at the end of the Panthers game, which led to them losing it in regulation. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Williams? Justin Williams. Okay. I, how, well, wait. How have we not talked about <laughs> this yet? <laughs> talked about literally everything else, but <laughs> yeah. not Justin Williams. That's true. Justin Williams is so... Awesome. He uh, scored in all sorts of different ways. Mm-hmm. That shot from, like, the point or whatever yeah, was really nice. Not his usual fare. It was perfect timing, too, because I retweeted somebody the other night who said it's a good thing that the Kings still have Justin Williams <laughs> because they have 31 game sevens left. And then he gets two goals. Way to make it happen, Justin Williams. He heard what was up. How funny would it be if he, like, single-handedly just, just like, like went on a crazy goes, on a, goes on a tear <laughs> just to, like, get the Kings into the playoffs? Yeah. Then then they have to hope he's not exhausted because they're going to need him to keep it up throughout yeah. the playoffs. Or maybe by then everybody will get it together enough that the Kings don't actually play any Game 7. But in a positive way. I don't mean they get eliminated in three games. Yeah. No, <laughs> or they, four, you know, swept in four games. Just, they just start winning in, like, yeah. five. It's just a re- Six. repeat of 2012, basically. Um, for whatever <laughs> reason, I just, in my head, the thought of, like, some weird, like, commercial spot of just, like, Justin Williams skating, like, by and up to a camera and be like, game seven, bitches. <laughs> and then just, like, shooting, like, like, shooting a goal and then just, like, close up on him, game seven, bitches. <laughs> just, like, going away. I don't know why this came into my head, but it did. I uh, could not imagine him doing that no. with his little curls. Wait, well, because so now, like, ever <laughs> since the Kings got knocked out of the playoffs and Sharks fans have delighted every day in pointing out how low in the standing king, the Kings are, all I have wanted is for them to climb back in just so I could post that that double gift set from um, American Horror Story where, what is her name, Emma Roberts? Emma Roberts, yeah. yeah. Where she's like... You know, surprise bitch. I bet you thought she'd seen the last of me. <laughs> and so now I'm just thinking we have to figure out a way to sort of manipulate that with like Justin Williams on it. <laughs> That's what I needs can, to happen. I'm trying to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. And then hopefully the Kings follow I have a personal so project. <laughs> yeah. So that is the preview here. If the Kings make it back into the playoffs, we will get to make that a thing. <laughs> and I really want to be able to make it a thing now. That would be amazing. <laughs> it would just be really pleasing to tweet so that's that's our hopes that at some point in the future the kings will have won enough games and gotten back into the playoffs that we could tweet surprise bitch (laughs) and then she thought she saw the last of me we like vengeance (laughs) so think about that everyone for the next week hopefully some the kings managed to at least win one game against the calgary flames they play who else the blue jackets they play the blue jackets and they play the capitals again at home for a valentine's day matchup oh well Okay. 
<laughs> they play at home. They're going back home. Hopefully Valentine's Day with the Caps. They just play better than the last time they played the Capitals. Yeah. Hopefully. Nowhere to go but up. Let's look at they're it that at, way. They're at home now. Yeah. They score a single goal. They're winners. Yeah. Vast improvement. Already. All right. Um, any other parting words from you before we finish? No, I'm just going to hold on to this King's win. Yes. Hold it near and dear to yes. my heart. Enjoy just in case. it. All right, everyone. Take care of yourselves. As usual, um, follow us on Twitter, THXBUD. Thanks, bud. Um, individually, I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at K- AKA Diane Fan. You can email us, chirp at thanksbud.com. You are also encouraged to tweet Kai, N-Y-L-A-K-Y. <laughs> She never tweets, but basically I've decided we're going to just poke her until finally she tweets. <laughs> Our version of the Facebook poke? <laughs> yeah. Let's see who oh finally boy. gets in her break. Maybe she won't, I don't know, but we'll yeah. try. Uh, I think that's all from us. Well, King's Games are at home now, mm-hmm. so if you guys want tickets, oh, yes. uh, head to our website. Ticketmonster. Uh, ticketmonster.com. Give you a few options. I'm not saying, I'm just saying it benefits us when you do that. <laughs> yeah, so. but it also helps us out. We just talked about the fact that we're, uh, we did podcast yeah. like every <laughs> night and to get paid for it but sometimes like, we do it at work <laughs> true true so um no i don't if my bosses are listening to this i never do any i know my boss is not listening to this <laughs> uh, anyway again thanks for listening everybody take care be good to each other and we'll talk to you a week from now goodbye friends bye everyone do something i'm giving up on you Saturday nights with the white and blue Anywhere you played, I followed you
do something, I'm giving up on you. Do something, please.